Hello and welcome back to CW Superheroes, almost forgot the name of this podcast. Um, we are back to do our, well not back, we were here last week as well. Um, we are doing our, because we just have one episode to discuss this week. Um, Robert does have an idea for a short short little segment to talk about, uh, we'll do that after the episode of course. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about season 2, episode 17 of Legends of Tomorrow, the season finale for season 2 called Aruba. What did you think, Robert? I liked it. I mean, it's one of those things that it filled enough plot holes up that you got a good sense of closure with the episode, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended on a way better cliffhanger than it did for the end of season one. And the uh, Rory character, not, uh, yeah, the uh, character that uh, uh, the. the, 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 the uh, Dominic Purcell, Nick Rory played. Yeah. He was he was just chilling back and having fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I enjoyed the ending, of course, with the, the dinosaurs and stuff. I thought that was particularly cool, and it will be interesting to see what they have in store for Legends of Tomorrow season three, and what they do with the cast if they bring in any new people. I'm assuming they're going to. There's been some talk of that. Uh, there hasn't been talk of anyone specific, but there has been talk of uh, new people joining the show, of course, which happened this season as well. Uh, people leaving and uh, seeing what happens from there. This episode had something that interested me, but it did the kind of superhero cliche, and I've noticed it specifically in the in the CW shows, um, of not having true kind of stakes. We've, in the CW show specifically, we've had a lot of people die. We've had Sarah die, what, three, four times? Um, she's still alive. Um, I'll, I'll explain myself in a bit in a minute as to why it bothers me in this episode. Uh, you had uh, Thea, she died once in Arrow. You had, uh, you have had a couple of permanent deaths, but for the most part, a lot of the deaths haven't been permanent. And when Ray died in this episode... I thought it was awesome. I thought they should have maybe maybe stuck to it. Um, of course, later on, when you have aberrations of the individual people when they're dying, I understood that that wasn't going to stand, and I understood what was happening there. I didn't have the same problem with that. It's just that when you kill off a character in such a fashion, and when they killed off Ray in the instance, you know, when Eobod takes his heart out of his body, I just thought it was so awesome and kind of impacted me in a way I didn't expect. That I kind of I like Ray as a character. He's cool, but I just thought that they should maybe at least stick to it until like next season and use it in the episode as maybe kind of a revenge thing. I mean, they were going after the Legion of Doom anyway, but you can still use it in like a good way. How do you kind of feel about that? <coughs> yeah, I mean, I that was that was a bit of a shock death there. Yeah. Uh, even though you knew because of the armor and the, the goofiness of it that that was an aberration, um, it still had a good moment to it. And I don't know if they intentionally did that, but you know, ripping the heart out is kind of a nod to uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay, you always bring uh, references to the show. It's it's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't understand all of them, or don't know all of them, but... Uh, uh, that's here. the perk slash curse of being old. Okay. So, what can I tell you? 
Yeah, being around for, for longer than the other person on this podcast and uh, seeing, seeing more stuff. So, um, I mean, da- David, who does uh, The Walking Dead in 24, brings up some, some things sometimes as well because, of course, he's older than me as well. Um, but, yeah, how did you feel about sort of the stakes of the episode? Uh, in a weird sort of way, I did think there was a certain level of stakes just in that... Um, it was an all or nothing. I mean, they were basically, at least according to how they set up the rules of the show, mm. they were breaking the ultimate uh, rule of time travel, which is don't interact with yourself um, in a time travel scenario. Mm. So they, this was pretty much the last chance that they had to do anything with that. Yeah. Uh, I never got the you know sense that they were going to fail. I think that might have been more of the no, problem that's than anything one else. Of the, one of the cliches as well of, of these sort of shows is that Flash isn't going to die, Arrow isn't going to die, Supergirl isn't, die, isn't going to die. Uh, some of the Legends team might because it's a different show because it's more of an ensemble thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, when like, when Barry lost his powers in the Flash, you're like, he's going to get them back, otherwise it can't really be the Flash. So, um, I mean, I'm kind of used to that at this point. It's just, um, you know, when you have the opportunities to do it like they did in this episode and you just don't take it, um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a tiny misstep, but like I said, I'm kind of used to people dying and coming back. But it also does do the thing of whenever somebody does die, like Amaya last week and Ray this week, um, I always think, like, really, are you dead? Like, is, like, um... That, like, I think you get what I mean with that. So, um, But yeah, mm-hmm. overall, the rest of the episode, I did enjoy um, I thought it was cool to see the conclusion of the Legion of Doom storyline, and the the whole thing at the end of like bumping into other versions of yourselves, and then they had like they had messed up time, and they were in a different version of um, Los Angeles, I think they said at the end. Um, I thought that was particularly cool. Um, so, anything else you want to say, or do you want to get into the recap? Uh, let's get into the recap. Cool. Uh, so the Legends regain control. Sorry, contact. With uh, the Wave Rider and Raid uh, deminitarizes both it and Rip. The Legends travel back to the Battle of the Sone uh, to steal the spear before their Legion can use it. Smart idea. While Thorn arrives from um, the altered reality, it and kills Ray by tearing his heart out before destroying the blood of Christ and informing past Legion members about the future Legends. Um, anything you want to say here? I mean, I kind of said no. my piece on the whole Ray thing. Yeah, the whole Ray thing, um, I do understand why they didn't uh, leave him dead. I mean, that kind of makes sense, but, uh, you know, it would have had definitely had more of an impact if they had. But it's one of those things that you really can't change it, so. Or even, like, leave him dead in this episode and then have him, I don't know, come back next season. It was just a bit of a, like, we have this issue and it's kind of quickly resolved, so. Um. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of kind of said my piece on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legends end up interacting with their past selves. Never a good idea because time travel and all that sort of stuff is never a good idea. But they couldn't really help it with this with this situation. It was a bit more of an accident, uh, creating a time storm that prevents them from using the legends' past wave rider to escape when they are ambushed by Merlin, Dark, and Snart. During the uh, subsequent battle, the future legends with the exception of Sarah, are killed by the Legion. I thought it was interesting to have each character die, because, like I said at this point, I knew that 
obviously they're going to kill off all of these characters. Um, so I thought that that was, I don't know, it turned out pretty kind of cool. And obviously you kind of knew one of them had to stay alive, which was Sarah, because she's kind of been the captain this season. Um, mm-hmm. So what, what did you uh, think of that? Yeah, keeping her alive made the most sense because she's you know really mm-hmm. grown into that role of being a leader. It's not anything that they've had to force with that character. It, it very much fits with her, you know, personality and whatnot. So keeping yeah, her alive made the most sense. Yeah, and I mean, with like Rip going off this season, being with the Legion and not exactly being the captain, she's been kind of the anchor and the leader for the season. So. Uh, it was pretty cool to see. And then, um, of course, she has a scene later with a, a, a version of Laurel, which we'll talk about. Um, I thought was I thought a lot of this stuff was interesting, at least. And it was yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, so with the exception of Sarah, they're all killed uh, before they are uh, turned incapacitated by the legends. Um, Thorn arrives with multiple past versions of himself to fight the team. Again, I thought this was interesting and cool. Um, while Sarah begins to use the spear to rewrite reality after speaking to a manifestation of Laurel, pretty cool to see Katie Cassidy back and to see a version of Laurel. I mean, she returned in um, Arrow this season, but that wasn't Laurel. Um, but it was still, you know, Katie Cassidy. Uh, Eobod takes an attempt to use the spear against uh, the team. Only for Sarah to reveal that she made the spear defunct and that she released the Black Flash, the terrifying Black Flash. Black Flash is an interesting tool for this show. It's an interesting... He's kind of his own character, but, you know, doesn't speak. Um, so yeah, before they, she releases the Black Flash, who kills Earboard and erases him, his past versions and spear from existence. So all of that problem is sorted out. With the mission complete, Sarah fades out of existence, um, and Nate convinces Amaya to stay. So how did you feel about uh, Sarah's kind of decision and sort of the scene with uh, with Laurel? I, I like the scene. I mean, they had to, in terms of storyline, they had to set up to where she was uh, psychologically strong enough to turn down wielding that kind of power, you know, mm-hmm. for the greater good. Yeah. Um. I think her her remnant version of herself fading away was pretty cool because <clears throat> that was something that they discussed early on was that they were all remnants mm. and so once they succeeded they were going to disappear yeah. and so that was a neat little kind of send off to it I am yeah. glad that they didn't do a, a, a series of everybody getting killed that would have gotten old pretty quick So mm. yeah um, I'm, I'm glad that they kind of solved what they had to solve in this episode because uh, they, they wrapped up the overall arc of this season uh, in this episode as well which was which was important um, what do you think of uh, Laurel sort of coming back <laughs> uh, you know it's always good to see you know somebody that was such an integral part of one show make a nice little appearance on it, essentially it's spinoff yeah and of all of these you know, she's a pretty big part of these series as a whole i mean she started on arrow and then you know sarah came into the mix and they had the whole white and black canary thing and then you had the both characters have died a few times um of course laurel died once didn't she yeah yeah just from um damien dark and of course you had uh paul blackthorn's uh detective 
Lance. Lance. Yeah. Um, and he's become a, a, a fairly big, a decent part of Arrow this season as well. Um, so yeah, she's a, she's a big character for these series, and um, you know she hasn't really been on the other shows as much. I can't remember much of her in Flash. She hasn't been on Legends or or Supergirl. Uh, I think she might have been in one of the Flash Arrow crossovers. I think she Although might I might just be confusing it when uh, Cisco and uh, Detective West were on Arrow. She might have been on Flash. I, I can't, can't remember. But uh, um, yeah, uh, it, it was very interesting to see Laura and it was it took guts for Sarah to, you know, let this version of the future that she's picked be that version and not have Laurel come into it because, you know... She's. It was also kind of important for Sarah's character for like her to finally. I mean, she's accepted the death of Laurel, and she's kept like kind of. It's kept coming up because Damien Tark has also kept coming up in this show, uh, specifically in Legends this season. Um, and you know, it, it. This is her. This to me feels like her final kind of. I'm okay with this, her final kind of acceptance of it, um, and I hope that you know, she can obviously bring it up, like, my sister died, this and that, and, you know, if a mention of Laurel comes up, then obviously she can be a part of that, but uh, I hope that this kind of settled it down, and, uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't bothering me or anything, it, it didn't come up anywhere near, like, too much, but, uh, yeah, I, I felt like it was it was dealt with in a nice way. Uh, Nate also convinces Amaya to stay... Uh, and the final paragraph I have, uh, the legends drop off Merlin, so this is kind of setting these other characters for, for future stuff. The legends drop off Merlin at his apartment in 2016, um, and erase Dark and Snart, or Damien Dark and uh, Leonard Snart's memories, dropping them off in 1987 and 2014 to live out their destinies and eventual deaths. Rip leaves the team, telling Sarah that she has taught her everything. Um, the Legends set, set off for Aruba 2017 at Mick's request, but find themselves in Los Angeles 2017, which, due to their meddling in, the, in time, now has buildings from different time periods and is swarming with dinosaurs. So, um, how did you kind of feel about the wrap-up of the episode? I think it was a good wrap-up. I just hope they don't do like they did with uh, the end of the first season transitioning into the second season to where they have like a, a screwball-y kind of a cliffhanger and then just do bugger all about it, you know, and just go right into the next season. Because that always did bother me a little bit. Because mm. yeah. you had uh, the one character whose name I'm spacing out come out of the ship and saying, don't go to this time period. And then they very briefly showed that that was like a hologram. Mm. Um, but then, you know, they completely kind of whiffed over it. Yeah, so how, how do you feel about maybe dinosaurs? I mean, I don't know how much it would cost to have dinosaurs on the show, um, but like, where do you feel like they're going with that? Well, I don't really know where they're going with it. As long as we get a good one or two full episodes, you know, in that time space, in that mm. physical space, yeah. then I'll be fine with it for next season. Otherwise, I think it's just a wasted opportunity. Yeah, they need to. They need to certainly utilize it a little bit. Um, it obviously depends on, you know, because you can't, you know, dinosaurs are extinct, so you can't get real dinosaurs in, and you can't, you know, it's a bit like with Shiva and the Walking Dead. There's something you have to work around, but uh, this yeah. feels like it will be more involved. So, 
uh, I'm interested in what they what they decide to do. I mean, you've had like aliens and all sorts of things on on the other shows, so I don't think it'll be too much trouble. But uh, it's certainly something that um, can be pulled off. But it'd be interesting to see how they do it. Um, yeah, speaking of dinosaurs, have you ever seen that uh, Facebook post involving Steven Spielberg? No. It's one of those things that I don't know that it's real, that I hope that it's not real, but I can't uh, dismiss the fact that it wouldn't be real. Basically, it's an old uh, crew photo from him back when he was filming the original Jurassic Park movie back in 92. Mm-hmm. And it's him sitting in front of this uh, Triceratops, yeah. you know, the the animatronic Triceratops that they used for the movie. Yeah. And somebody... Uh, posted it on Facebook, allegedly, with a caption, and it was like a paragraph diatribe of the Facebook poster just being really, really angry that he was hunting and just mistaking it for, like, those people that post pictures of themselves, you know, hunting animals and whatnot. And so it's one of those things that you hope that somebody's not that stupid, but you really can't discount it Yeah. in terms of, you know, you don't actually think that they're hunting dinosaurs, do you? Uh. All right. Cool. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen the, the post myself, so. I. Uh, yeah. Um. So how do you feel about like Damien Dark, Captain Cold, and um. Malcolm Merlin? Where do you think their characters? I hope we see Malcolm Merlin again. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I gotta figure we'll see Merlin again somewhere. If nothing else, then we'll see him on Arrow. Because uh, I think he might have an episode or two in, you know, the next couple, three episodes going up to the, the season finale. Yeah. Um, outside of that, uh, obviously, Damien Dark is dead, so I don't know that we'll see him that much. I know you're not a big fan of his character. Uh, I'm okay with it, just because I've seen him on a couple other shows. Um, he does have a good presence. Uh, and, you know, in terms of personality, he just doesn't bring the kind of menace that you would want for that character. I agree, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he's served... I feel like he's definitely served his purpose on this show. He had a whole season of Arrow, and he's had this long uh, Legion of Doom storyline with um, with the Legion of Doom. Um, See, so yeah, I, I would not mind if we didn't see him again. Um, yeah, I, I um, kind of finished a bit with his character um Captain Cold Leonard Snart um I, I would like to see him pop up again on some other shows um possibly like The Flash again um and maybe maybe an episode of Supergirl or something I I, I don't know I'm just kind of uh, throwing some ideas out for uh, for these characters but, um, honestly I'd like to see uh, Mick Rory show up on Supergirl just because he had that really lame flirting attempt oh yeah yeah. And, uh, you know, during the, the invasion crossover. The, uh, I'm going to call you skirt thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Mick Rory would be a... Mick Rory would be a... I, I, I like all four of these kind of characters. With, of course, not a particular fan of Damien Dog, like I've said. Uh, but I'd be interested to see them pop up in, in different little places. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about about those characters. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the season. I had a couple of episodes I just didn't particularly care for like i've said in the previous podcasts um i will see how i feel about legends over the summer um we will at least do the premieres the premieres and the finales um for for the seasons whether we do the middle episodes i will have to 
wait and see. But it's not like we're dropping the show. Uh, we will still um, talk about it now and again. So, um, yeah, how, how do you feel about the show itself? Uh, the show itself, I like. Uh, I think it's one of those things that it's got uh, potential, but it's got it falls under the same category as um, uh, Agents of Shield in that it's got kind of got to be its own show, right, right, and not be as dependent on the original that it's derived from. Yeah. Um, for the record, I like Agents of Shield better, and I, I do actually, I actually really like Agents of Shield um, for for like different reasons to this show. Um, I mean, it is. Uh, I agree, it is its own kind of separate thing. But uh, they are like, in terms of similarities, they are different shows. Um, I mean, it's a different like premise as well, sort of um, yeah. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I liked the season. I did think it was better than season one. Um, in terms of, um, actually, I don't know. I, I I liked parts of season one and parts of season two. Um, but I've, uh, I think I just prefer the Legion of Doom over, um, what what was the guy's name from, from um, the first season? The guy they were chasing from the first season. Um, I feel like the Legion... Uh, uh, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage, yeah. I feel like the Legion of Doom were more interesting villains, at least, so that made the season better in that sense. So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like I've I said my piece on these shows. Anything else you want to say? Or should we move into... Um, the little second uh, idea that you had. No, we can go ahead and just move into it. So. Okay. So, uh, what what was it you wanted to uh, talk about? Uh, well, the idea that I had was something that we can talk about when uh, we're in a situation like now, where there's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like name to, of to end and cool down. Yeah. Yeah, and cool down, and plus it's something you never know where it can go. Um, this is a show that completely pa- popped up absolutely randomly on my Netflix feed. You know how when you're in Netflix and it'll say, because you watch this or because you watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was just kind of flipping through because I hadn't uh, seen anything new in a while. Mm. And this com- came completely out of nowhere. It's a show called uh, Samurai Gourmet. Okay. And what it is is it's based off of a manga strip out of Japan. Um, but it's completely unlike anything I've ever seen before. Mm. Uh, it stars uh, an actor by the name of uh, Noto Takanaka, uh, who plays Takeshi Kasumi. And what he is, is he is a 60-year-old man living in Japan. And the episode opens up, and it's the first day of his retirement. So he, you know, has worked all his life, you know, you know, been a good person, you know, followed the rules, uh, you know, worked hard, saved hard, and now he's retired. And ha- now he's like, what the hell do I do with my time? Because I don't know how uh, that applies to most people. My dad, growing up, worked crazy hours. I mean, he worked, you know, 50, 60 hours a week pretty mm-hmm. much until he retired. Um, and so this show resonates a lot with me because I saw my dad go through this whole thing. Okay. You don't Fine really enough. realize how much time you have on your hand until you have all of it. Right. And right. the the reason why I called the the segment uh, easy to binge is because it's only twelve episodes, and they're only about twenty minutes long per episode, so you can knock the whole thing out in about four hours. Okay. Is this a Netflix original, or did you just find it on, uh, on Netflix? It doesn't say Netflix original, okay. but so it might not be on the UK, but it also might be. 
Cause, yeah, because you, you have some some different things on uh, on Netflix. Like we still get all the originals and some of the standalone stuff, but some of it is is a bit different. Um, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll have I'll have a look for it and see uh, see if I like it. Yeah, and the basic premise of the show is you know he's retired, and so he's got all this time on his hand, and so he's just kind of wandering around doing nothing, and then he'll see something related to food, which is where the Gork May comes in. And then that triggers a memory of something from his past, and he kind of rediscovers his life socially uh, through food. And then something will happen to where he'll be put in like uh, and more in from a passive perspective to an actor perspective. Yeah. And he doesn't really know how to act, and so in his mind, the whole scene kind of time travels to 16th century Japan, where there's like a Master of Samurai would go around and just kind of be their own man and be more of an alpha uh, to the beta that he kind of is. And then that scene plays out in his head, but they act it out, obviously. And then he kind of goes from there. And okay. it's it's just so oddly different. It's like hauntingly uh, melancholy, and I, I really enjoyed it. So um, for the people that are listening to the show, I'd love for you to watch it. You don't have to watch the whole thing, but just like watch an episode or two. And then just tweet at the show at you know eTalk UK. Tell us what you think. Um, you might think I'm cr- might think I'm crazy, which you know the jury's still out on that. <laughs> um, but I'd love some feedback on it because I'm kind of curious if this is just me because of my experiences. Because I was h- hanging around my dad when he retired, okay. and he retired pretty young. He retired at 56. It's kind of a weird sort of circumstances to where the company that he was working at at the time okay. uh, was getting bought out by another company. And so they were, you know, trying to reduce staff and reduce costs and whatnot. And they offered him, you know, almost all of his pension. So he was kind of in the position of, uh, do I take, you know, 95% of my pension and retire now at age 56? Or do I work nine more years for that other 5%? I mean, you really don't need to be Stephen Hawking to do that math. Okay. Cool. And so he retired, and he just like went from working, you know, fifty, sixty hours a week to just having all of his time. Okay. Um, yeah, I have a, a couple of shows I could uh, suggest for because your your idea is like short binges that you you could kind of do. Um, yeah, something you can knock out in a day. Um, and what I will do as well if we, if we do get feedback on uh, what, what you requested or, or feedback in general. I'll do it on the next TV podcast that we do, which should be in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And what I'll, what I'll also do is, um, in case you don't watch Legends of Tomorrow, I will copy and paste the audio from this to the end of that podcast, uh, so that if you are interested in that, uh, you, that you don't miss it. Um, and of course, if we get feedback after that one, then I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll sort of forward it. I, I think you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the show that I watched recently, uh, I did tweet about it as well. It might be a little buried because it was a it was a little bit of a time ago. Um, it was called Glitch. It was also on Netflix. It's only six episodes. They're about forty two. From what I remember, they're about forty two minutes. Um, it is possible for me to spoil the show, but I, I'm of course not going to. It, I, I mean that in the way of like, it's not too short that nothing really happens. There are some pretty big things that happen. Uh, but the basic premise is that. Uh, you have, I think it's six people, I think it was six, it might have been seven, um, 
but these six people basically come out of their graves and are alive for no particular reason. I thought that will maybe be explained in season two, although if there was an answer that I perhaps missed or didn't quite catch, then you'll maybe catch that in the first season. But yeah, they, they basically just literally get out of their graves, it's as crazy as it sounds, and this young uh, teenage boy, uh, possi possibly about the same age as me, maybe a bit older, I'm not particularly sure, um, I think he's riding home and he, see he sees this happen in front of him and obviously he's like, what the hell is going on? Um, and he, you know, calls the police and says, you know, there's, uh, not really a disturbance, but he says, you know, you need to get here now, because obviously this crazy thing is happening. Um, and, uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but, uh, one of the people that comes out of the graves is one of the police officer's wives that turns up, because one of the police officers turns up, and then he eventually calls the ambulance so that they can get him back to the hospital, and that they can, you know, figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and kind of, um, it basically shoots off from there, and then there's this other police officer, he gets involved, and he deals with the situation in his own way, and then you have some, like, flashbacks, and they try and remember and work out how they died, and that's sort of part of their backstories each, um, and then there's, there's another particularly weird thing that happens, which I can't say because of spoilers, um, but yeah, I think it was a nice short run that I finished in just over a week. The weakest episode is maybe the fourth one, but after that it really does kind of kick off into its finale. Um, and sort of go from there. Uh, so that's one suggestion. Um, I can't think off the top of my head of, of another one in particular. There's obviously some, some Netflix shows that are out there that are quite short. Um, I mean like the first season of Into the Badlands is pretty short. Um... A recommendation that I've had, which I've kind of put on hold, is uh, Firefly, which I, I'm sure you, you've heard of. Um, which was, of course, 12 episodes of film, and that finished, so that's another little suggestion. Um, but yeah, one, one of my main recommendation is uh, Netflix Glitch. So, um, have you seen that at all? Uh, that pops up as well every now and then, but I couldn't get a, a sense that if it was Glitch in terms of like sci-fi or Glitch in terms of... You know, horror jump scares, and I'm not a big horror slash it's jump really, scare guy. I, I think you're fine, though. It's not really in, like, the horror jump scare kind of thing. It's much more in, like, the storytelling mystery, sort of. And you know how much I like mystery. I've mentioned that several times before. Um, which is one of the reasons Inside was my game of the year last year. Um, so, yeah, it's got a lot of that kind of mystery and, like, what just what the hell is going on sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's my, my suggestion. Anything else you wanted to, to say? Uh, no, I think we should do like one each and then see what kind of feedback we get from the audience. Okay. So uh, you what, know, maybe they'll have a... Of your one again? A Samurai Gourmet. Samurai and Gourmet. And I okay. was looking it up and I really don't think it's a Netflix original. I think it was just something that randomly got added to Netflix. Okay. Um, it is all in Japanese, but it is all dubbed. I mean, not dubbed, it's subtitled. Uh, so you'll kind of have to pay attention to the scene and to the subtitling, but it doesn't go by, you know, super, super quick. And they do the one thing, which I always like when you're doing subtitles is they have, uh, they don't have it like opaque to the, the scene so that you have like a little nice block text so that you can read it because that's always been a problem sometimes with subtitling to where you'll have like white letters and then the background will be white. And so you can't exactly read the word. 
Okay. So they do will pick that out. There's a, there's a couple of scenes in Glitch that has subtitles, like one or two, but for the most part, it's uh, in you know British or American British, whatever. Um, so yeah, those are our suggestions. If you guys want to watch any of the episodes in between now and I think not next week, maybe the week after, we'll do a TV podcast. So uh, either get either if you listen to this part, um, give your feedback in then. If not, then you'll have to give it in for the, for the one after. Uh, which will be a few, so in a couple of weeks we'll do a TV podcast, and I think a few weeks after, once um, once the DC shows and once 24 wraps up, which should be the end of May, uh, we'll, we'll do another uh, TV podcast, and then hopefully fully kind of speak about the feedback, because then it will all be available to to everyone, in, in a kind of separate sense. Uh, so yeah, it's Netflix's glitch, which is that's a Netflix original, and the show that you. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten the name again. The, the show that you mentioned, Samurai Gourmet. Samurai Gourmet. So look up those two. Uh, watch. You don't have to watch all of both of them, but uh, watch a couple of episodes. Let us know what you think, and give your feedback. Um, so yeah, speaking of feedback and stuff, you can find. Uh, you can find us on the web at entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us on Twitter, as Robert said, at eTalkUK. Um, I wanted to give a quick update as well, Mixler is shutting down its free service, so I will no longer be using that, as of course, you know, I didn't use it for this episode. Uh, so I'll be finding another live audio thing, and I'll let you guys know when I find something, so Mixler.com slash Entertainment Talk is no longer, just don't worry about it, I won't be using it again, so it's kind of unfortunate, but uh, I shall find a solution soon. Uh, if you want to send in any emails, you can send them to entertainmenttalk.hotmail.com. And lastly, if you'd like to support these projects that we're doing, um, I did a ukulele first impressions video earlier this week, <coughs> as well as um, explaining why I feel Breaking Bad is the best TV show, so you can go and check those out as well. Uh, so if you want to support these projects, you can head over to entertainment. Sorry, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainmenttalk. Thank you very much for listening, and as always, we'll see you on the next piece of content. Goodbye. Goodbye.